hey to everyone who's watching this video now. I'm welcoming you to episode six of the Inspirational Conversations, the podcast by One Mind Zone. I am Yogila Damroskaita, certified holistic health coach at One Mind Zone, and my mission with this project is to show other human beings how to live more mindfully, healthier, free of stress and doubts in more positivity in your life. Once a month, I'm having a chat interview with mindfulness, alternative health experts, and other strong professionals that support personal growth and self-improvement and willing to inspire other people as well. For one year, we are spending most of our time at home in never-ending lockdowns. And this is a perfect chance for us to create new healthier habits, learn new things, and enjoy ourselves. And this is why um, we are going to speak today about healthy home cooking habits. I would like to present you Joao Lorenzo, the chef for seven years, originally coming from Portugal, living currently in Paris, and running a catering company that conciliates with private chef activities and food consulting. He also started his YouTube channel, uh, which called Step by Step, where he's showing how to cook very amazing dishes in very easy way. And I'll put the link below in the description of my YouTube channel to all of his channels, so you can check yourself afterwards as well. So hello, hello, Zhao. Thank hello, you so much for joining me today. Thank you too for inviting me. It's very nice to be able to tell you some of my advices and opinions about cooking and about uh, food in general. It's, um, you know, um, the first time when I tried your food, when you cooked, this was something like around maybe four years ago or so in Berlin, the time when you were doing the lunch brunch on the weekends in the in a beautiful place in Mitte. And I think I fell in love immediately from the beginning on because um, that time I was already vegetarian and this was super amazing combination of the stuff. And I was amazed about the whole, the whole variety, the simplicity, your style, it was, it was a thing love from the beginning on. <laughs> <laughs> and um, also in the years after, um, when um, I was visiting you and your boyfriend in Paris and I had a chance to eat this amazing food when you were cooking at home at yours. And uh, that time I was vegan already and I was again, again, was <laughs> just amazed about everything what you do. And yes, and lately we also had a chance to go on holidays, all of us together with our partners. Yeah. And we were all the time amazed about you uh, doing the, the, the food shopping in such, a, in such a unique way, like not over-exaggerating with, uh, with, with the products and looking always for the ecological stuff. And again, the whole combination and so on and so on is, is never-ending inspiration <laughs> for me mm -hmm. and my partner. And um, I chose you because I see you the way how you cook and I, I see so much patience, so much focus, so much um, the feeling, 
the attitude and your style. And I think this is so important for other people as well to, to learn these things, especially now. And yeah. so tell me, how did you become passionate about cooking and what made you decide to become a chef? So uh, I can say that I always loved to eat. I guess this was the beginning of everything. But there was a small issue is that I liked so much to eat when I was a child that I became obese in my early adolescence. And uh, that was, uh, I think, uh, an event that marked this whole process because uh, despite the no filter back then when I was uh, a child, right? Because we're not like attempting in what we eat and how we eat no. uh, if we don't have the right uh, steps to follow. Um, I ended up in this and uh, there was one day that uh, basically, you know, I had like, as every child, like uh, check out consultations and we went to one with my mom and there was a nurse that told me I mean, told my mom that basically if I wouldn't change my eating habits, so this was around like 14 years old, 13, I would have soon serious problems and um, compromise my health and my life. And I think for a child was kind of, uh, you know, very, was said in a very abrupt way. And I just changed from that point on, but not in a, correct way like I think um, I can say I entered in an eating disorder and this lasted for two years and I just came out of it by you know psychotherapy and uh, nutrition consultations but what actually made this change totally is that I took the decision um, to cook myself everything and uh, leave it like that you know and I can say that was a very successful uh, attempt from my side to leave this problem, but also to guide me through my life from this point on. was not by that point that I became a chef, but I can say this was the event that marked this period because it was always a bug in my head telling me that actually I enjoyed it, you know, like I enjoyed to make combinations, to transform food, to, to basically change all this with my life and with the life of the others, because I also understood as a young person that this changed other people's moments, you know, like that there was a, an act that we could share. And actually that uh, if you would do it in an healthy way, you can actually also change other people's views in general. Yeah. And uh, so this came later when I was around, like I can say 10 years later, like around 24 that I decided to leave the activity I was pursuing, which was to be a psychiatrist. I was studying and I was finishing my studies and to become a chef. And this is how I became one. So all of this, I can say it was an enchained uh, way that led to that. And uh, I'm quite satisfied so far, even though the beginning might be a bit like <laughs> not the best way to change a life, but uh, we should integrate it as it is. And, exactly. Yeah. And so um, what did you most enjoy about what you do, about your work? So what I like, I think it's, as I said before, to transform. 
Mm. Like what uh, brings me satisfaction is to uh, transform a raw matter into mm -hmm. a product, you know? Yeah. And all that comes with this process leaves a result. And yeah. uh, what, what is fun about cooking is the process and the result, you know? Because yeah. you have the process, which is like focusing, uh, transforming something into something different. Yeah. And the result is to either eating it yourself or having other people eating it and both experiences are satisfactory yeah so you can give pleasure to others pleasure to yourself but also have fun with all the process whilst you do that exactly so it's kind of like multi-angle uh, process and enjoyment yeah. actually in the end and what is your food philosophy and where do you get inspired for your recipes because so, I know that um, you're cooking from all different <laughs> countries, from all different inspirations, wow. but... <laughs> so, um, I think the, there is, as you say, many uh, inspirations coming from many places. I think uh, there's uh, two main focus. So, it's the place where you live. That, uh, not necessarily the place, the geographical space, but the place what surrounds you, you know, like what you see, what you smell, what you, the colors, the, the tastes that you experience little by little in the place you are. Yeah. Because each place has a specific amount of different things, as we know. And also, of course, the other focus is other places that you go, because we don't stay still in a place, we visit other places. And this is obviously a, a big input that you, that you get when you travel. So. Yeah. You have the inspiration from when you stay still and you have the inspiration when you, you go out basically of mm. your comfort zone mm. and this uh ends up complementing each other but uh beside that i think like other factor is actually uh i could say my main inspiration is the seasons because actually you can just eat differently all year around yeah and uh, each season has a vibe not just from the elements you buy and uh, the different products, but also from the weather, from the mood, from the people, you know, like if it's cold, you want to cook something cozy. If it's uh, warm, you want to cook something fresh. Uh, mm. You know, if it's cold, you want it heavy. If it's warm, you want it light. And then all of this comes with colors that are different in between each of them. And uh, I think this for me is a source of uh, big inspiration. I think we are lucky sometimes to to be in Europe just for this reason, yeah. because there's places you know that have a still season, like uh, mood all the time. Like if yeah. you're in a tropical place, of course, then this is compensated with other factors. Yeah. I mean, if you're in a tropical place, there's dozens of things anyway. So yeah. this inspiration would come from there. But if you're in a place that has very defined seasons, you know, like there's winters, uh, spring, summer and autumn, like it changes all along. Mm. And I think this quite influences uh, the way I cook because despite uh, me using seasonings from many places, because there are things that you, you know, you don't need to buy excessively every week. Uh, the main thing, of course, are uh, vegetables. Mm -hmm. and uh, vegetables are what it's around you during each time of the year so this will be the main centralization of what i do and then the rest is kind of complementary okay um you're cooking always at home right yeah what are some of the benefits of cooking at home 
So the ones who is so not cooking. I think um, for me, cooking at home will basically allow you mainly to control all the process, you know? Yeah. You control where the things come from because you get them. Mm. You control the hygiene, which is also important. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you control uh, how you do it. So what you cook it with, you know, like mm. how, like which kind of uh, processes, like if you fry it, if you stir it, you know, like many different things. Uh, and you also control the, the result. Like, and if you, you know, like have a specific taste, you can, of course, guide the meal towards your taste. Okay. It's nice to get surprised from outside, but I think cooking at home allows you to control all of this. And this is why it's beneficial. Yeah. And it's also putting yourself into new habit as well. Yeah. Learning something new and putting yourself in a new habit and knowing what you're putting inside in you. Exactly. Not only trusting the, the third yeah, yeah, no, I think most important, as I said, I mean, I'm myself a control freak, but uh, even if you're not, <laughs> uh, it's kind of an important, um, you know, like all of us can make exceptions and, you know, like uh, go eat out once in a while. It's all good. I like to experience restaurants, especially out of the pandemic when they exist. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, nowadays, what's imp really important, it's to control what you eat in the most of the time you have so i think the only way that you can do that is actually at home because as said you do the shopping you cook um this is a control environment all the time so are there ways um to make cooking easier or more fun for people who don't necessarily enjoy cooking yeah for sure i would say that um it all starts with the shopping. So mm -hmm. you need to have fun with your shopping. I mean, shopping is most seen as like a boring experience. Okay. Like, uh, oh, I have to do another shopping yeah. for the week. It's like everything. And yeah. so I would say that you have to dose your shopping. Okay. So um, it would help to go to smaller surfaces and not like a tiring big surface, like a mm -hmm. supermarket. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk after about, the, yeah. I guess, about this in more detail. But like for now, about the experience itself, I think, you know, like an, a place where you can guide yourself very easily, where you know where the things are placed, that stimulates you by how it looks also. Mm -hmm. Like if it's, of course, if the vegetables or other products are better, you know, like better looking, you feel attracted to. Of course to this if they're not huge piles of uh, mono-shaped uh, products it's a totally different thing and uh, also like the thing is after the shopping um, which for me yeah as I said it would be get uh, a nicer experience if you privilege these small shops and vendors and mm -hmm. uh, preferably interact with them yeah. It's actually what you do then after. And uh, there's no better way to have fun than to do fun processes, you know? Yeah. Like most of people, I would dare to say, they have a determined way of how they cook one thing. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to talk about the vegetables because I think this is the main problem in general when, about like cooking. 
because people have an idea of vegetables that is not, uh, I would even say it's uh, old fashioned, mm. that they think one thing has to be cooked in one way, you know, a carrot has to be cooked like that, a kale has to be cooked like this. Like old um, school beliefs from the yeah. <laughs> and uh, Yeah, and the, the way to have fun with that is actually to, to understand that each of these things can be cooked in multiple ways. Mm. And uh, from the moment you understand this, of course, after a bit researched, because it's not, not all comes from like the, um, the air, yeah. uh, it's uh, going to be surely more fun because you do with the same things that are might not be too many, you know, different combinations. Mm. So in this sense, this will increase the experience, I think, and also people can eat in an healthier way because variety is also health. Yeah. And um, a palette, even if predefined, can be different each time. Yeah. Like, you know, for me, uh, I think I always, and not always enjoy the cooking or maybe in the beginning, like years, years, years before it was more like necessity to survive or something because, or just in between working and then making yourself fast, but really not enjoying. Or not having enough time to enjoy and um, since I think since I'm on the plant-based diet I'm really enjoying it because I like so much the to see the final the final this yeah. uh, result you know yeah. because if you go to to some uh, vegan restaurants and stuff you I'm, I'm, I'm always amazed what you can you what you can get from what you can get from so few you know yeah from yeah. so few ingredients and it's, if you read like oh my god how can you get this taste from this and for me it was so exciting to just try myself to get this final result of the thing so I don't know with this whole plant-based move moving to the, to, to this diet i i got this excitement you know again yeah. like to really enjoy cooking and the stuff and and also i think when you watch like the videos on the internet you also get excited just from just from seeing that how easy actually are some recipes yeah. to do and maybe people don't even understand or know that some things is really easy to do you don't even yeah. don't even need like special stuff or like a big kitchen for that you know and um, what advice do you have for people who find it uh, difficult to eat healthily? So as you said now, I think um, what they could do to make it easier is actually to use what they use the most, mm. the phone. Yeah. So you have a phone, you have probably social media, or if you don't have, you have YouTube. And yeah. uh, this is actually a easy way to basically reconvert yourself. So mm-hmm. if you think you're not the person that has kind of patience to do these all things, if you think that is difficult, if you think uh, things are not working because you tried sometimes, I think now, especially after the, the confinements that we have, there's so many videos in two or three minutes that explain you so fast how to do nice and easy and healthy things that there's actually an overload of information Um, but you can basically search things that you like and transform them into healthy easy uh, fast things to do yeah and in this sense this is the advice i have use what you have around you you have a phone or a computer use it because this is a way that you can uh, reach this and I think it's actually rather 
a benefit than uh, a negative point of uh, social media yeah because you can uh, reach to things that before you could never know you know like uh, there's every kind of people doing it from uh, real established people to really uh, amateur people and yeah. uh, this is the fun of it and uh, in a couple of clicks you're gonna find an easy way of doing a nice cooked meal yeah and even without any experience too much experience of doing it yeah and we were speaking about the um, the fun in doing uh, food shopping so what are some common mistakes consumers make when doing the food shopping that leads to unhealthy habits yeah i would say the most common mistake is to buy uh, processed foods every kind you know like um you want to make it fast and you want to cut steps mm -hmm. because everything is too fast paced yeah and uh, i think in this sense you get basically uh, in a direction towards an unhealthy lifestyle in what concerns cooking, you know, mm. because this is the beginning of all kinds of problems. Because as I said, especially for me that like to transform the raw matter into a product, if this is already cut, this will also take the fun out of the cooking. Yeah. And then for you, it's just like uh, mixing pre-made products that have mm. already a pretty fine taste that you don't control. Mm. And I think this is a common mistake because people associate, as we said before, um, lack of time and uh, overload of work with lack of time to care about food. But I think we have to understand also once for all that uh, the eating, it's the only repeated process that we do yeah. during all days of our life. Mm. if we have access to it you know and um, if this is something that you're gonna all, all the time put inside your organism it should rather be controlled than not controlled because you know there's consequences coming from that yeah and uh, the consequences are not just uh, visual you know like you don't get just fat or just uh, disfigured but you also get uh, many uh, health problems of course. from every kind of thing possible mm. not just cancers but also problems with the heart problems with the kidneys problems with the skin problems with uh, every kind of thing locomotion uh, so in this sense i think this is a very common mistake that looks innocent because to whichever supermarket you go you have the shelves full with this product so it's crazy it cannot harm you that much if it's everywhere but it can, you know, it's yeah. like a non-considered, it's not considered a drug, but you know what, sometimes it is. Okay. some things are, and yeah. uh, it's just uh, softly commercialized as, uh, you know, something that is not what it is, basically, it's like mm. a fake marketing, mm. on, this is good, this makes good, like nowadays, we don't have so much attention anymore in the TV, but for decades, people were watching in the TV that uh, pre-made things were good for them. Yeah. Yeah. So they were believing it because this was the source of information that they have, you know. And mm. uh, in this sense, I think it's like uh, time to change this because now you have other sources of information. You can actively search yourself what are the maleficents of uh, many things. Yeah. And in this sense, uh, I would rather recommend, uh, as we said before, other shopping experiences. Go to places that don't offer just these kind of things. Because the less they offer these things, the more you feel tempted to buy them. So mm. 
in this sense. Yeah, it's a matter of education actually for the people. Yeah. And it's good that more and more people now uh, speaking about these things and teaching yeah. other people. And so maybe slowly we're gonna shift to another way of yeah. thinking and cooking more at home. So I would say that um, there's four like people just because I think this is important uh, in the talk because mm. I think many people will identify with like uh, the four kinds that I'm gonna mention. Mm -hmm. The ones are the people that um, have that say that the root of the problem is time, mm -hmm. you know, like, and I think those uh, they should. You know, when they they shop, they just should choose these combinations that are easy. And uh, the other problem, I would say, it's like working from uh, far from home yeah. when they don't have uh, hypotheses. I'm just saying this because I think you know, like people will always have an argument to say they buy these fast things for a reason, mm -hmm. or they they eat out in restaurants without caring, which is also another thing that. Uh, can lead to unhealthy habits is like mm -hmm. the fact that you work far from home yeah uh, and you say I don't have time I have to eat what is around me you know like and in this sense then for those I would say if you work far it, it will cost you some extra moments but for sure you're gonna have dinner when you come home so when you have this dinner just make an extra portion for the day after exactly. and uh, take it to work and uh, you avoid this because you will control once more what you do, mm. you know. And uh, the lack of knowledge, as we said before, the phones are there, the computer are there. Take one day. It, it won't take too much of your life, but you can inform yourself about some easy recipes, some processes, some uh, even information about things that you used to eat that you might think, does this do good to me or not? You know, like if it's processed, you should always do that watch yeah. the ingredients all of this and uh, the taste if they they don't know like they think things taste bad you have to just guide it towards your taste you know you like spicy put it spicy you like uh, uh, with a different kind of kick you have to see which things will bring you to this kick you can search even like a baby on google like what would make me like no, no, no. i'm sure you're gonna get answers you know like it's about informing uh, and actually enhancing your own experience like to make it good for you and yeah. this cannot have a negative uh, out point you know like it cannot be that making things good to you make you lose time no it's always a positive exactly and it's also as you say like developing taste the taste is de developing through the trying new things you know of course if you yeah. if you're gonna stay all the time on the same taste you not even know how the other things tasting are exactly. they good or are they bad yeah and also uh, what uh, um also about the people who's not having like a time when they say as a excuse of or work working too far from home or or they are super busy so it's also they can just dedicate one day in a week for example, on the weekend, or it could be Saturday or Sunday for a couple of hours and just do the preparations of your the food thing, for the yeah, whole week. They have, uh, there, there's also another technique is not to do every day because people exactly. might be tired, but take one day in the weekend, 
three hour and you do set meals or at least preparation to assemble them or exactly you know, and it's like it's not that hard it. actually to prepare maybe a bit of vegetables of this broccoli this this that yeah. and then you can maybe mix yourself every day something you have to prepare and go to work and you're still gonna eat healthy and nutritional food and knowing from where it comes from <laughs> exactly so there are no excuses here <laughs> at all um, what would you make as a quick healthy dinner option if you would have 30 minutes of preparation time? Okay, so um, I have different kinds of advice. For example, uh, for omnivore people, I could say that uh, you could basically, what I would do in general is either, if you live near the sea, of course, I would always eat fresh fish, mm. uh, preferably raw if it's very fresh. So I would do shirashi. I do it every week, mm -hmm. we, even with my partner. Um, it's something that you do in 25 minutes. So you basically need to do rice, season it. Uh, you have raw fish, you have some raw vegetables from the season mm -hmm. that you use. Like this varies, of course, during the year. And you can add or not a condiment if you have. Like mm -hmm. that you, of course, made before or that you got in a sourced... Uh, a place that it's nice um, and then if you don't live near the sea and you still want to eat something that includes meat I would say that you can do for example um, some soba noodles uh, with like a steamed chicken and uh, I usually have a concentrate that I do myself uh, before like that keeps me for a month that is very easy and uh, I did then a broth on it but you can also just dilute water if you don't have time. And all of this would also take 25 minutes. Mm -hmm. Also with, of course, blanched or raw vegetables, mm -hmm. which also, I mean, to blanch takes basically three minutes. Like yeah. you make the water boil and you put it on a vegetable. Yeah. And if not, you can steam them with the chicken if you don't want to lose nutrients. So this is uh, the omnivore options that I do in my like 20 minute thing when mm -hmm. I don't have much time and when I still want to eat healthy. And then if, for example, I want to do a plant-based meal, a vegan one, I can do, for example, dal with depending which beans. Like True. I usually have either mung beans or lentils because you don't need to soak. Mm. And, uh, you know, I have some seasonings, of course, these things you have to pre-buy, but uh, you can make it very simple with like garlic and olive oil and uh, coriander seeds and uh, some herbs. Mm. That's it. Yeah. And this makes it very fast and easy. Of course, if, you, if you're not into beans, you can always use rice with other combinations. Yeah. Especially if you're, if you're in a place that has a lot of vegetables, it's always easy. It always should be complemented with some condiment, but maybe based on a nut like peanut butter or uh, tahini or something else that you can always change. Even if you get, you know, the simple version, you can always season it with uh, some spice or some oils it depends so these three kind of my three options to <laughs> 20 minutes 20 to 30 minutes uh yeah you mentioned the dal i think uh, for yeah. me is also what i found out that the a lot of like I, for me the fastest thing i think to should be to do is the curry like i don't know chickpea curry or something you yeah. know which is like just like it's already like okay the the chickpeas or could be beans instead they already yeah. boiled and it's just you put together yeah. you boil the rice on the side and it's, yeah. it's the dish is ready 
It's true. Um, when uh, you're dining out at the restaurant, what can a person do to make the healthier choices when they check the menu? So I think it's, um, as said before, nowadays we have like the phone, so it's kind of easy to try to see the image of the place. Mm -hmm. it's all, it always helps to see what kind of things they post or if they don't have an account on the social Do you always network. check when you go to the place to eat? Yeah. Ah, uh, and, uh, I will start checking it. I mean, sometimes the place is kind of screaming by itself, you know, so you don't need <laughs> yeah. to understand what they do. Like, I mean, I, as I worked in restaurants, I kind of have an insight to understand some things okay. that I was not understanding before I worked in this field, you know, mm. like what kind of kitchen, what they hide, what are not, they, you know, like these kind of things, you kind of make a judge. But yeah. most of all, this is the uh, surface, okay? Like, for you to discover the surface is like mm -hmm. the image of the place what they what they advertise that they are yeah um it's kind of important because you see the principles if this goes in towards like an healthy uh or com or at least like that matches with your ideology yeah um but then you have the the other side which is the go deeper in the problem which is like you have to look at the menu so you will look at the menu and First, is the menu big or small? What is this? Uh, uh, is the menu big or small? Mm. Uh, if it's too big, I would not advise maybe to stay because if it's too long and too big, it means they need too many things and uh, too many things might be trouble from the health point of view, but also from the sustainable point of view, okay? Mm -hmm. um, then, it always depends, of course, but like they need also more craft, more people to to do the things, assemble mm. and etc. Mm. Which might also bring us to other side of the question that if the people you know are well paid, if they you know like if the food that they give matches the way as the treat the employee, is it's always like everything is a, a big bubble, you know. Yeah. So. Um, then if not, if there is if it's small, you have to see. I mean, if you're searching for something healthy what are the processes that are behind each dish you know if they're mentioned or not because there are some restaurants that just put the ingredients mm. and there's others that describe what they do you know for example na 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 steamed or fried or no no yeah and then you see because as said before usually places don't have a huge amount of space so they have to concentrate themselves into a specific method of cooking mm -hmm. um you see which methods uh, are persisting in the menu you know if it's like something that you know if it's stir frying and uh, steaming and uh, boiling maybe this is more privileged for you than to go to a place that fries everything or you know this is kind of what you should do and also like if the desserts what kind of desserts they are if you are someone that would like to eat dessert but you don't want to eat also something full of monosaturated lipids or uh, you know it's, it's always like uh, you can also ask these questions yourself to the person if you go and you want to really you know if you are about the place and everybody advises you but you still have a doubt on if you should stay or not and even looking to the menu you cannot figure out what it is uh, you can always come in and understand by the vibe of the people there and what they tell you about the place if this is a place where you should stay or not this seems a lot of work but in the end it's like three minutes you know yeah it's very good tip 
because I didn't think about some specific things you said. Like I, know, yeah. I think not always I check the also the website of the place. Yeah, but as I told you, this is something that uh, we are not obliged to know. Yeah, you know, we, it comes with the time. <laughs> going out is like that, and the person advertised like this, and we trust it. Yeah, I mean, just actually got the the worst experience because I worked in places, some of them that were advertising as something, and then in the back they were doing something else especially in Paris, not, not wanting to <laughs> be shitty, but like there, it's common here, you know, there's also many good places, but there's also places that pretend to be something that they're not. And then yeah. you're like uh, tricked as a customer, which is not nice. Yeah. Because especially if you're searching for something specific, you should get that because you're paying for that. And uh, if, if money is time for them, it's also for you, especially exactly. if it's about eating. Eating is important and you shouldn't pay for things that make you bad. That's it. Yeah, exactly. Um, let's go a bit in a different direction. The yeah. psychologists believe that cooking and baking are therapeutic because they fit a type of the therapy known as behavioral activi activation. A treatment for depression and other mood disorders. Um, could you agree on that? Yeah. So as we referred, um, as I referred before, I think first definitely, because I think the, everything that keeps you entertained and as a result, it's b beneficial for, uh, for this kind of problems, because as said, you have the process and the result and through the process, you keep busy, you activate yourself. So you're yeah. not like still depressing in the same step, you know, you're yeah. like, distracted okay mm. like you're distracted and you're distracted not only in something that, that will not have an end you know you can find yourself having an objective which is to achieve a dish or to achieve a situation yeah. so if you achieve a situation which is to cook for the others for example this is something that will get you satisfaction because you get pleasure from making other people having a moment you know but also if it's just for yourself which is also as legit you get this yourself, you know, and how nice is that to cook something that as an end result is something that makes you pleasure. So you took time from yourself and you see that your actions can have actually a good end. And having a good end is something important for someone that is depressed. It's something that gives a meaning to what they do when actually they feel that they are in a situation that they cannot find this meaning in general in life, you know. Exactly. So I think it's uh, definitely good as a therapy, as many other things, not just cooking, for sure. All these processes that have like a process result, it's, it's nice, you know, like learning music, uh, painting. There's so many things that uh, get this behavioral uh, activation that is uh, getting you slowly out of the, the well. <laughs> yeah, it's part of the of the creative activity as well, no? Because yeah. you create something new and then you can improvise there. And yeah. it's also in in my view, it's also like uh, this focus, the the focus, the awareness what you have while you cook. This is also another type of the mindfulness. Exactly. You're practice. like concentrated. So yeah. It's the same as you do meditation and then you focus on your breathing yeah. or focus on something else. Yeah, it's every time you have something to have to focus that you take your attention to somewhere else and not also just to yourself. Exactly. It's Spending time with fun, yourself. You know? Yeah. It's yeah. like another type of the meditation with you because I have noticed that a lot of uh, care goes into the food when you 
especially cooking because yeah. I've been watching you cooking and I saw the patience and the the awareness and the focus and stuff and uh, it made me think like this is really how it works this is like this is your type of meditation you're doing yeah, yeah, yeah. daily <laughs> so maybe the ones who who is not meditating normally should yeah, switch yeah. to the cooking at least they meditate <laughs> <laughs> at least they should have <laughs> no <laughs> yeah <laughs> um Um, let's speak a bit more now about the sustainable way of cooking yeah. and the food. And most of us are buying food in the supermarkets and we don't know exactly where it comes from, the, all the ingredients or how it is produced. What do you think of this disconnection between people and their food? Totally disconnected. So like if you go to supermarkets, So basically, one main point is that the supermarket uh, doesn't care about you, okay? Like, yeah. in general, you, me, whoever. Like, it doesn't care about the consumer. And uh, this is already the first step for this connection. Like, mm -hmm. if you're not engaged with a person, like the, the consumer, you're not gonna approach him, you know? Like, it's like, you'll never know where the things come from. And yeah. uh, this is important also because As I said before, as being a big surface, you just fit everything there. Mm. And uh, if you have so many different things fitting together all the time, it's impossible for you to associate, you know, because you just go, go through, go through, go through, get what you need and then yeah. jump. Yeah. And uh, this is a tendency, I mean, that came with capitalism that actually it's to like, you know, self-centerism. It's like, uh, we need the money, we want the money. The more people, the more money. The more products, the more money. And uh, this variety is not a synonym of like quality and is also not a synonym of acknowledgement. So if you don't know where things don't come from, start questioning yourself because you should know. Like yeah. it's important. You're putting things inside your body all the time. So you should know minimally where they come from. And this is just, you know, like the only solution for this is actually to search for other places to, to get things and places that you can approach the people. And mm. even if you don't have to have a long talk, I mean, you understand, like, because things are more enumerated, they, they are proud to say where they come from, you know, because there's also this movement nowadays of counteracting the supermarket. And mm -hmm. uh, you, you have people that explicitly say where things come from just to, to assure people that at least they do that, you know? Mm -hmm. And by doing that, it's uh, an approach that you get with people and is a connection. And uh, for this, I think it's way more valuable than uh, this other model of disconnecting yeah. because this model is based only on money and profit. And the other model, it's also based on money, of course, like everything in the model we live in because we live in capitalism, but at least this money is, Uh, having kind of a backdrop justification you know it's kind of like mm. you pay this because it comes from there it's it's like this uh, it brings like that it's create this product is created like that you know so you kind of understand more and I often especially in this city where I live in I often uh, get faced with like supermarket prices Mm -hmm. that are even more expensive than a small shop or than really? uh, yeah or than even uh, you know bio chain supermarket yeah. 
which is kind of bizarre because you know exactly that these products are for sure not the best and that they're sourced from a place that is producing a lot, a lot of things because it's to, to go through the whole country. So mm. it cannot be a small place. And in this sense, you cannot understand why this is more, why the price is higher. And uh, this is the thing. Like, I think it's, uh, it's, it's an important, uh, yeah. I think it is also this disconnection, disconnection uh, between the people and the food exists because people don't grow that much food themselves as well you know anymore and this is about only about as you say just going to supermarket getting what you need and of course what connection you can have with this food if you You cannot get put your hands into the soil if you go also to you know because some of them don't live of course near the countryside or they don't have time to work in actively in producing food Mm. but the minimum at least they could do is to go to a place that reminds them of that you know yeah. and many of these uh, shops especially if they're like diy if things are dirty if things are like you know in crates and look like what they look you know they yeah. don't look all round and shiny but they look like deformed and like uh, you know beautiful in their own plurality mm-hmm. um, at least you kind of get the approach you know like and yeah. same of other things not veggies but other products that they smell or you know like these kind of things then you get in these places and you understand and also if you go to specialized places in things you know like like it was before the wars in many countries that you would go to a place and uh, it was the place for that you know you go to yeah. the place for the veggies is the place for the veggies the cheese is the place for the cheese the you know, this was a tendency that got it's lost. In the yeah. Was the milk shops? Was the milk shops? Yeah. Like... The, the second half of the mm. 20th century with this capitalistic approach that uh, the post-war had, you know, that people were like uh, having to prove that finally there was food, there was money, there was consumerism, you know, like, mm. and people have to offer everything in the same space to limit also the time you go to different spaces because people were basically told to work more to also recover from these wars Mm. and uh, this was all a a loop you know it's like I don't have time because I work more and then you know this as the consequence of totally disconnecting from like the food itself and like uh, yeah I think it's important it's important to know where things are also disconnecting from the food is also kind of disconnecting from yourself because yeah. you disconnect from that what you put inside in you so of course. you become like no, a stranger like to yourself i guess at some point obvious consequences you know like yeah uh, from your perspective what should people look for when buying food i think they should look always for things that are simple okay like not mm. processed like uh, raw things first and then the things that they have to be processed they should always attempt on the um, how you call it the label mm-hmm. uh, and see in which way they're processed you know and this you can see through uh, the quantity of like additives and emulsifiers and things like that it has and which products are actually used. If they're used thousands of products to make something that in your uh, mind, it could be made simple, you know? Uh-huh. It's just like a mix of, some, that should be three things and you have it there with like, I don't know, 50 things. 
Yeah. Then maybe privilege the one that would have two or three things, even if it's like 50 cent or one euro and a half more, mm -hmm. you know, because this has a better outcome for you. And also always relate uh, the quantity to what you're going to consume, you know, like you shouldn't waste also. So, I mean, just go for something that, you know, that the validity that is matching the that you would eat the thing. Mm -hmm. And if it's like uh, something that you want to keep for longer, uh, see what could you buy that keep the longest, but also understand that if it's for too long, it will have a preservance. Yeah. And in this sense, they will also come in the label. So I think, yeah, I mean, one way that you can always avoid all of this is minimize all the processed things. Like mm -hmm. by having raw matters and keeping your diet more simple, even if varied by the seasonings you give, you know, there's vehicles to, to season, you know, like uh, spices, herbs, oils, all of this. It's uh, like a mechanism for not buying super processed things because this is also the reason why, and I think we're going to talk about it better, uh, why processed foods will intervene in a non-sustainable system, you know. Mm -hmm. And what is your take on organic food? Are you advocating it? Yeah, of course. So I mainly uh, use organic food, even mm -hmm. for my work, mm -hmm. which is also something that I, I could say that distinguishes me from the rest of like the, let's say my adversaries <laughs> mm. in, the, in what I do. And um, I prefer sometimes to earn less money than to not use organic ingredients okay because i think this is important and uh, also like of course as with everything i i have to say though that organic can also be uh, commercialized and capitalized mm -hmm. and we have to take care of this you know like mm -hmm. i privilege everything organic especially if it's raw matter mm -hmm. or if it's like a simplified product but from the moment also as it's processed and it's capitalized then this organic starts mean losing meaning yeah. because it means that it has to be transported mm. it has to be spread and because you know like it needs to preserve so yeah. it has to have something added even if in small quantities and in this sense then when everything is like too massified because it's a product that can be uh, can arrive to further and further because it's preserved then it will have also negative consequences and an impact in, in the environment, not by the way it's uh, produced, because the veggies and the nuts and all of these oils, all of this is from organic farming, but then is the other process that will not be organic, because you yeah. still use a, a van to transport it, you still use employees in a place uh, to sell it, you still pay a rent in a place, you know, like all of this. Uh, it's like an indirect impact in sustainability. So mm. organic food, uh, yes, but not massify it, you know, like, and this is just not happening by making the um, in-between farmer and consumer less and less. Mm. So, you know, privilege like the small spaces uh, that receive directly the things, like avoid uh, too many chains of things uh and this is the yeah i would say it's my take on organic like but of course i defend yeah yeah of course and i think the biggest problem is that that 
still the organic food in most of the countries in Europe or everywhere that is way more expensive than the yeah than the regular supermarket food. And exactly. I think this is the one of the main stops people for people to to for consume sure. all of this stuff. And um, I know that in in France it's actually yeah. not the case because yeah that's the thing uh, I I think I'm lucky in the sense of uh, of this approach here because I think somehow this negative side of them wanting to have like basic things so expensive in general it makes the biological and organic ones actually have the same level so mm -hmm. you have actually the choice to not go to the others. Yeah. But in many other places, especially, I mean, where I come from, from Portugal or even in Germany or where you live in Spain, it's not the case because there, there are also places that uh, have a very cheaper option compared to the organic. And yeah. uh, I mean, some people can just not afford it. And this is exactly. as legend. So in this sense, what I would advise if you really cannot buy organic is first, to really see if you can't, because there's also places that are not chains and are just like little farm vendors, there's markets, you know, like mm. usually in every country in Europe, there's a farmer's market somewhere. Yeah. And uh, in this sense, like if you search sometimes for some of these markets, it might not be the first market you find because it might be expensive, but mm. you might find another one that is less. Mm. And even sometimes if you have to go a bit further, uh think if it would not be worth because the products will make good to you and also good to the environment but if this is really not the case and you cannot buy organic at all i mean the advice i think i can give is the advices i already gave before is to simplify the diet uh, still buy raw things if you avoid already the processed things is already better than not yeah. you know because it will still for how many you know preservant or pesticides things can have it will still be less than to buy in to buy it in its uh, processed form, you know. Mm. So yeah. I also heard the trick that if you buy the vegetables from the supermarkets, and this is not organic, that you should just put it all of the vegetables in the water and keep it for at least like one hour to soak out all of the oh, yeah? chemicals. Okay. But I I don't know if this is really works because i mean there is some, some chemicals uh, should be really they strong. are available in some organic shops especially some deep pesticides you know like yeah. you put some drops in the water exactly and i think you might not need one hour maybe less and mm. it will like, take the things out and uh yeah okay. in this sense maybe if it's not an option it's something that you buy once for our oh, it's also not food. bad once, idea. yeah mm. and you get that and at least you have the chance to take these things off. And uh, um, you said that you also buying from the small farms, uh, small shops. So what can consumers else can do to support these small businesses more actively? So um, I think in an indirect way, just as said before, you privilege them, you know, like you go more and more to them and this will also be nice for you. And I talk also by myself because I noticed this with the last years, mm. but I created a relation with them. So they kind of, you know, they advise me things. They, I see the offer changing all the time. You know, it's kind of like, it's a trust relation. So this mm -hmm. is positive. Mm -hmm. And uh, for the consumers, 
I mean, an active step, I think this to start with this, okay? And then if they want to go further and further, uh, it would be nice to, I mean, there's many options. You have, of course, to research in your area, but if you live in the countryside, like, or in a smaller means, there are usually farms that nowadays they sell from the farm directly, okay? Like, mm -hmm. they have, uh, you remember when you went on holiday in the year, there's these kind of farms? Yeah. They exist kind of everywhere. And yeah. you can go there, buy the things directly. You know, they basically cut the old transport preservation. You know, they're there yeah. directly from the ground. And mm -hmm. you pick it up. This, of course, is an advantage if you live in a smaller means. But if you live in a city... The thing you can do to be more engaged and go directly is to research farms that actually search for some workers that mm. are seasonal and, uh, you know, just for a couple of days. Sometimes you can do like, you can go to the farm, they give you, um, they, they allow you to stay over mm. and you work for like maybe three or four days. Mm. And other times you go like once a month and yeah. in other models you can work uh, like one week every three months you know there's different yeah. models and this, yeah. these farms they they will give you basically a basket of goods every week some yeah. and every month others you know yeah. this always depends on the farm but there are some farms are, are doing that i haven't done it myself unfortunately but i have friends that used to do it in berlin i had some also in paris that were doing that and uh, this is an active way of being in this is amazing you have the, um, the power to do it yourself and understand how things are made you know and this is also nice yeah because you also participate in the whole process yeah. and you participate the... and you have the fruit of your labor you know exactly like you understand what <laughs> things are weight you know like it's an amazing idea oh now i want to do it try it myself yeah. because of course you get more involved in, in the whole thing and then make sense everything uh why you why you getting this result um do you see any regional patterns in the sustainable food movement uh yeah so i mean you mean like regional um if it's different in every region yeah. or you yeah i do so basically i would divide the occidentalized world in two okay mm -hmm. there's like the you know like i would say examples i have i don't want to like make too much direct judge on it but like basically i would see that countries like the us or uk or uh, germany that have a tendency to like massify things mm -hmm. they're still um doing sustainability as a concept that is linked to capitalism hand by hand you know like mm -hmm. they, they they basically have big chains in charge to to sell uh, products that are according to a sustainable uh, way of doing things yeah and that are organic and in this sense i think the approach is kind of similar, you know, because the, the image that they have, it might be neat and uh, more trustworthy, mm -hmm. but it's still a huge chain in a huge country, you know. So yeah. in this sense, like, it's kind of uh, the, the, the evil twin of the supermarket, but the angel twin of the supermarket. Mm -hmm. you know? 
He's like, oh, it's a supermarket. Oh, but it's nice. Oh, but it smells good <laughs> and things look nice. And it still uses a lot of transportation and uh, it still tries to get the most money it can from you, you know? Yeah, like, of course. Yeah. So then in other countries, uh, I would say like also smaller countries and some bigger ones or like here, for example, I would say that um, it's maybe less. I, I would just say the ones I, I know because I know some tendencies like in France and Italy mm-hmm. that is to, I mean, the sustainable is still linked with kind of history and culture because before the wars I mentioned, like people were eating in a sustainable way. You know what I mean? Like because yeah. they were in a smaller place, they were getting the things from where they were. and. Mm. They were avoiding this over-commercialization of things. Yeah. And uh, in this sense, this was already there, you know? Yeah. Of course, what was not there back then was also to, to do some processed things, not in a factory way, but like, you know, processed meats, this kind of thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, of course, it's not sustainable, especially if we increase the population of the world by three times more since like 70 years. Mm. Uh, so in this sense we cannot do these things anymore at least in this quantity mm. so um, yeah it's closer to at least the model from before this model because in these countries they still exist the small shops with things to sell out like in spain i'm sure also there is yeah things especially in these cities that uh, that people go now and they have the tendency to like uh, make things easier for the consumer but also without making huge surfaces because they also don't have too much space to put a lot of big supermarkets that's the and in yeah. the sense we have like small shops that are specializing things and it's also cultural you know but also from a country for example like i said before or us or germany is more complicated to to put this because it was not there in the first place you know like it was never a thing to go to these individual small little shops uh, to buy things and directly from the farm. There are countries also that uh, are urbanized since way earlier than the others. So yeah, yeah. it's true because you know when in when I used to live in Lithuania and I was a kid, the I I just remember the only place where you would buy the vegetables or meat or everything it was just a market the yeah. you go to the local market where the all the farmers are and or the small shops and later of course with the whole with the whole consumism wave came all of the supermarkets and uh, in these countries they're still existing this idea as you say like still yeah. idea to go to the to the markets yeah. to, to communicate with the people to exactly to get this relation maybe you came once you will come another time and stuff and yeah um, exactly it's uh, important to keep this thing um many people including myself are advocating a move toward more plant-based diets what is your opinion about that so i agree of course uh i think what I consess as with every diet is the same things as I've said till now. You should just like privilege like uh, mostly raw matters mm. and not super processed things. I sometimes have the idea that the some alternatives, especially because these people are now seen as a market too mm-hmm. for the capitalistic approach I said before, 
is basically to try to sell them a lot of already made combinations and things that facilitate their life because it's a model that people have to take effort you know yeah at least they have to be conscious like it's an effort you will make because you're going in an alternative way that will not be nutritionally the same so you have to do things have to be replaced and you have to take supplements aside and all of these things together and this is an active work from your side you know you cannot be lazy in this it's like uh, you should do it but you should do it consciously and consciously is to do whatever I also said before it's like avoid things that are processed that have to be transported that have to be spread avoid Mm. big chains uh, all of this Mm. And also uh, think in, a, in the same way, like with the seasons, but without the yeah. meat, you know, it's like, yeah. uh, for example, if you live in Mexico or in uh, like north, the north of South America, it's, it's all fine to, to get avocado every day or mm. to get Brazil nuts or these kind of things. Mm. But if you live in Europe, uh, if you live, for example, in Southern Europe, Hmm. you have to privilege if i'm saying this in things that you buy daily okay not Hmm. in things that you buy once in a while this is Hmm. irrelevant like it's fine to buy some things that are exotic once in a while Hmm. because you don't have to do it like constantly and you don't uh, affect the chain yeah but like i said if you have to eat nuts every day for example you cannot eat every day the brazil nuts like you have to if you're in southern europe you eat almonds because they're everywhere and you win, you also eat the derivates from that, you know, like the almond uh, drink and all of these things. And you, you don't privilege things that are from somewhere else, as if you are in Germany or France. Maybe almonds are not like everywhere and you have to eat more hazelnuts or things that are more like uh, walnut, things that are actually in your environment. And like this, you can uh, link both concepts, you know, you can link the the concept of a plant-based diet with a sustainable one. Mm. And in this way, you you finally achieve, which I believe to be the principle from the beginning for at least a big part of the the people that change this. And I think it is important. It's important to also have fun as besides all of this have fun and the fun comes as i said from the transformation from exactly. using the things that are around you and uh, this is what i mean like it's positive of course like we all know the impact that eating meat especially big animals uh, red meat all of this as in the emissions and the fields for uh, agriculture and all of that that it's not a positive thing at all so if the solution you find for this is to have a plant-based diet, you should basically privilege the same principles, which is like, don't use, like, the thing is like with every diet, as with meat, that you eat too many people the same thing, which I would say in meat, for example, you know, you have these like processed meats or uh, beef cuts or, you know, things that are like occupying a lot of space in general and with actually no needs. It's like, you don't need me to choose a million things, you know, like you can, with the same things, do so many different things, you know, like uh, you don't need to, I want this and I want that. This goes again with capitalism, you know, as in, for example, in a plant diet, you don't mean, you don't need a million nuts around, like you need like two or three things that you do in different ways. 
and they will still replace replace nutritionally the the absence of uh, the animal proteins and some of the other vitamins but at least they are also like making yourself not uh, demand too much for the same people yeah That's i it. think the most important is just if you follow any diet not to follow blindly without even yeah. without even really you have to understand it. you live in a capitalistic world and people will want money from you you know like they will want money uh by t selling you everything like they will sell you this is healthy and as i was saying before before now it's with this kind of diets but back then when there was not this kind of diets being prevalent in society it was with the other diets they were saying a uh, food that was pre-made in a can, it was healthy and nice, you know, like, and people were believing it. Yeah, and, the thing uh, is that the person would, would not just follow like a stupid one, but just do the research himself about yeah. how much I need calories a day to yeah. eat the, the meal. And as I said now, this is facilitated nowadays because you have internet and you have internet not just at home, you have it everywhere. So even if you're in a supermarket, you can check. Yeah. And like, and... exactly and through this through these researches and checking yourself you can also creating your value system what is good and what is bad for you and then you're not just blindly following okay i'm not gonna eat meat no but check why i'm not gonna eat meat yeah. why is wrong or like you know for me uh, when i switched to the plant-based diet i one of the few things what was hard for me to put aside was a honey because yeah. I I just clearly knew the the healing part of the honey itself because mm -hmm. for years I was singer and I always had the problems with my throat before yeah. some big concerts and this was the run of the remedies which always saved my yeah. ass all the time and uh, took me a while to really do the big research about that how the bees are treated through the whole process to maybe put aside but that what I mean is you don't have to like fully follow some 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 diets or some movements without even checking anything. Check yourself. Yeah, have a have your own opinion about things. Check what yeah. what is the pros and cons of these things and exactly. uh, how does and it done? Is there is any options, that... alternatives yeah. for that? You know, and... it takes work. It takes work. You cannot like lazily follow something, you know, you have exactly. to understand, especially if the movement is serious, you know, if it's like uh, something that has a meaning, yeah. you should really know your meaning and you should really fight for it. You know, like it's like uh, you cannot in between go uh, in the sense of like, oh, I will just buy everything they sell me because it's oh, nice, because yeah. it's, it's according to this. No, like people will trick you. They're not like there to, ah, oh, yeah, we're going to help everyone now. Nobody wants to help anyone, you know, like it's a very pessimistic view, but in what concerns business is like that, you know, like yeah. it's like, it's not a place where people want to like particularly help, except if you see that they don't get a huge amount of self-profit of that mm. for that moment, then you can privilege this because it's, oh, okay, it's actually caring about something. So no. it's positive. Yeah, because there are also many people who is, for example, on the plant-based diet and they are completely unhealthy because they are eating, again, the processed food, they're buying, going yeah. to these big bio supermarkets and they're buying just the processed food and living exactly. from those steaks of the soil or something. And it's like, 
come on, the switching to the diet doesn't mean that you just don't eat meat and the milk products. It means yeah, it's also, you start cooking yeah. yourself. Yeah, you have to, to understand what you're going to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like seeing, knowing how many calories do you need? How uh, how much fat do you need? You know, and yeah. and all of these things. And of course, not everyone can know this stuff, but just please people do a bit of research about everything and don't eat everything without thinking <laughs> because i mean i am at the moment i'm doing the vegan nutritionist um, certification and with every day i'm learning more and more things and i'm thinking that actually people are not educated food wise at all in, 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 in a life no one is saying these things you know <laughs> you have to find out yourself if you want only Exactly. Um, so the um, one of the last questions in this direction about sustainability is um, the big question that is often asked is whether sustainable farming can be economically beneficial to both the farmer and the consumer. Do you see a time when these things go hand in hand at some point? I mean, I think more and more we are going in this direction because we kind of understanding that like part of the capitalistic system is falling apart. Yeah. So we need another model that avoids this because this soon will be like bankruptcy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> maybe not now, maybe not in 10 years. I don't know when, but uh, there are alternative models, you know, and I'm not saying these alternative models will become the main model, but they are existing more and more. And I think uh, with the farmers also earning money and the consumer avoiding to spend too much money, this mm. is something that is getting more privileged. And this is getting privileged in the way that you will cut the transport and the preservation, you know. As I said before, you have to cut the in-between. What is in between the consumer and the farmer? Mm -hmm. If you cut all of that, you approach them. And if you approach them, you also economically avoid expenses. Mm -hmm. Because when you buy a product, you just don't buy the product. That's the thing. You buy the product plus the transport, plus the preservation, plus the seller that is in the shop, plus the, you know, if you buy it directly or at least through a, a non-expensive means, you know, like a temporary infrastructure, like a market, or a small shop that you know that doesn't pay too much rent, or if you have the opportunity to go to the farm. Mm. In this sense, like these are models that are more and more prevailing now. And uh, before, maybe you would need a car drive of like half an hour. Yeah. And now, maybe it's in your quarter a market once a week, you know? It's like it's slowly going there, but I don't know. But I would say soon it will be easier. It takes time. It takes time, yeah. Like with everything. With everything. It takes time also for people to understand that this... The problem is that the human has the tendency to understand things only when he feels menaced, you know? Like, mm. uh, and with the food, the menace is diseases. So, like, the more diseased you get, the more you understand that you have to change something. Yeah. And this change will come in these shapes and it will not come in the active changing shape of the person themselves itself it will come in change of like the system and yeah. the system is changing in this way in the way that like you you are cutting in between things like mm. yeah. yeah yeah it's true like when the person is getting affected physically or health wise then the person starts only thinking about yeah. 
what is eating, how he's behaving, the lifestyle, and so on, so on. Exactly. All the humans are like also that. that <laughs> it comes a lot with age because of this reason. It's not because you're just wiser. No. It comes because um, you start feeling things in your body. You know, but mm. it starts changing. You start having getting more tired. You starting getting more effects from the things you eat. You know, if you eat crap, you will feel crap, and it's like. Course. that people more and more when they get older they search for alternative models and also these models start appearing because there's this research mm. so it's kind of like an offer and search uh, kind of circle you know like things are existing because they're searched and they, they're searched because they are more and more there you know like and hopefully in the future we'll have even more things clear about yeah. this topic so we can even speak more about that. Exactly. So now I have the last three questions, which I ask all the time to my guests. Um, okay. First question is, what does your morning routine look like? So I'm not like a super exciting <laughs> role model. <laughs> but uh, so I usually wake up early. Like, when is early for you? Like seven to eight. Okay. And um, I usually eat directly and I eat something light like a granola, mm -hmm. like uh, fire fruits better, if not just a granola. Mm -hmm. um, after this, like I what, see a bit the news for five minutes. And uh, if I have to work, I will have to work. If not, I will basically read a novel. Oh. Like for a while, I like to read in the morning uh-huh and uh, after this if i can and preferably in pre-pandemic times because now as we have curfew in paris it changed a bit this routine but i would do sport um and yeah that's my morning if i would have to work i would have to work and my work would consist again in going to suppliers check for things to buy or if i would go directly to cook uh yeah that's it and what book have you recommended the most the Wind Up Birth Chronicle from Aruki Murakami. Ah, what is about? <laughs> I think well, I have to buy it. <laughs> yes, it's a very, it's, it's very mixed. It's a very big book because actually I think it's three books in one, mm -hmm. but it's sold as one. So, uh, but it's, uh, it's kind of, um, so it has a main character that basically everything is falling from his life. Uh, is like uh, finishing a marriage, but this is uh, subtle in the beginning. You understand it with the, the continuation of the book and is uh, at the same time a detective story, but also a self-search for answers from like uh, phantoms from all the actions that you've taken in the past. And it gives a lot of historical insight too from the past of Japan, which is very interesting. Mm -hmm. And uh, at the same time, is uh, just Aruki Murakami. It's like always with bizarre characters everywhere. Every every character different from the pre pre precedent one. And uh, the way that the narrative is constructed is very appealing and very addictive. And uh, somehow I advise it a lot to people because I think uh, first it distracts you from yourself, but uh, second it catches you up after. <laughs> <because> <laughs> <laughs> you think a lot about without noticing <laughs> so i like it a lot for this and also for the 
the way it's written itself. I think it's a kind of a masterpiece. So I will have a look. I will check it afterwards. And what are you currently most passionate about? I think uh, it's not a, a super healthy thing to be uh, passionate about, but uh, natural wine in moderation. Yeah. So I'm. I like a lot to discover new new ones. You know, like uh, and lately has been a bit my my passion. Other things are the videos I'm doing, but I'm not. I cannot say I'm I'm passionate in editing because mm -hmm. like I mean it's a process, as yeah. you know. But in making the videos, I'm. I like the whole process of like making things, basically uh, the aesthetics of it and uh, uh, the whole process. Also, it's a different approach to work, you know, it's work for myself. So yeah, it's kind of nice not to have to work for, you know, money or something like exactly. more uh, stressful. <laughs> and the most nicest part is seeing the final result. Yeah. Going through the process and seeing the final result. Yeah. Oh, we had a beautiful talk show. <laughs> <laughs> we like we like spread a lot of information now to the people. Everyone will have to consume. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you for... I hope I, I helped uh, with this, and it was very nice. Thank you for inviting me. It's always nice to talk about these topics. Yeah, and especially now in this situation as we are in these lockdowns and yeah. uh, I really hope that this inspire many people to finally start cooking more at home. Yeah. I definitely That's think it was a turning point, you know, I think it's something that may be seen as a very, I mean, it was a very negative situation all in all, but yeah. one of the few positive outcomes was these people were forced to eat what they cook mostly. Yeah. Because at yeah. some point things were closed also, and yeah. they have to learn some things. And there's more information to learn anyway. If it, they didn't have the chance, they can have now. Yeah. And also, you know, one of the things is also what I told you before. When you get negative physical consequences, like people, they couldn't do sport, they couldn't move, they couldn't do any. So they have to take care of what they eat. You know, like they cannot just eat whatever and uh, go impugn with that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and I mean, yes, we uh, many people are crying or suffering from what is happening right now since one year, but I also say that this is the perfect pause button for us because maybe we didn't have chance before to to do the bigger research about what we eat and uh, to learn new exercising or to learn I don't know the meditation or mindfulness or anything. Yeah. You know, so it's like a perfect chance for us to actually. Exactly, you can learn focus it. Things Do that it. Will make you actually be better with yourself, and that uh, will be the opposite of this whole situation. You know, like something yeah. that you need to search a refuge. Also, you need to know yourself. You need to be stronger, and in this sense, all of this will help you. Exactly, because well, now it's not easy, but maybe in the future will be even less easier than there is now. So we, yeah. we have to be strong. We have to be. Yeah ready for, sure. for anything it comes afterwards one time thing you know it's like something that yeah. maybe changed a bit the society and we yeah. have to be aware that things can go down low and yeah and if it shakes you it shakes you for the reason maybe yeah. there's something to change inside in you oh thank you so much and uh, thank you to everyone who was watching this episode this uh, video on my youtube channel 
If you want to get more tips about yoga, mindfulness, meditation, nutrition, or self-awareness, you can subscribe to onemindzone.com newsletter. And when you subscribe, you will receive a free mindfulness challenge. Uh, you can also subscribe to this YouTube channel and receive notifications as soon as new episode is published. And yes, um, I'm very happy that I had Joao today and oh, I'm sure you. you learned everyone so many good things. And if you um, want to check his works, as I said in the beginning, I will put down in the description of the YouTube video, his website, his channels to the YouTube and Instagram. And yes, um, stay healthy, stay safe and... See you next time.